Welcome back to another exciting draft episode of On the Line, a college basketball podcast. I'm joined by always with Ben, my co-host, but this time we do have a guest. I'll introduce the guest in a little bit, but let's get a rundown of what we're going to be covering tonight. I think some of you probably been wanting it. Um, you've probably been asking, are these fools just going to talk about player by player and give their opinions on each of the players? Are they ever going to give us a mock draft? Well, We've given in. We've given it to peer pressure. We've given it to NBA Twitter and NCA basketball Twitter. And we're going to be basic tonight and we're going to do a little mock draft. So, the way the mock draft is going to work is the three of us have each been assigned a list of teams and we will be drafting as if we were the general manager of that team. There will be some crossover in terms of um, what's most likely going to happen and also what we would do so you know those aren't necessarily independent of each other they're pretty mutually exclusive um there will be a couple that will differ but i think it's going to be a pretty fun exercise so all that's going to be next on the line thomas shake crossover step back at the buzzer young safe and washington wins it Nobody's home. Picked off by Miller. Goes ahead. Lane's on the other wing. He finds oh, 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 yeah! Send it in, Jerome. Pass Devendorf at the buzzer. Oh. Good, good. They will check it, but if it stands, it's another Syracuse buzzer feeder. Gonzaga has time to do something. Socks for the win. Oh, oh, yeah. oh yes. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Oh. The perfect season remains on go. Are you? Oh, my God. There is. Oh. There are onions, Jim, and then there are major onions with a kiss. Oh, my goodness. One of the great games. Let's welcome in our co-host tonight. We have a, a friend who, who from college uh, who watches a good bit of NBA basketball, but he also dabbles in a lot of college and the scouting game. And, um, you know, we, we really don't have many friends who kind of do both. So our, our friend Joe is going to join us tonight. Um, Joe, anything to say to the people at home? Thanks for having me on, guys. Excited. Let's do this. No problem. Well, let's get right into it, Ben. I have the first pick. So I my team is the Orlando Magic. And I'm not going to waste any time. I'm going to do what I think they're going to do on draft day and also probably what I would do in this situation. I'm going to take Jabari Smith. And the reason I'm going to take Jabari Smith is if if Jabari Smith can thrive with Wendell Green and KD Johnson, I think he could do a lot worse than Cole Anthony and Markel Fultz. It's, it's, it's possible to do a lot better. Don't get me wrong. But it's possible to do a lot worse, and both of those guys will probably get him the ball. Um, I, I know I know Markel definitely likes to facilitate, so he's going to get him the ball. And I do kind of like the fit with him and Wendell Carter. I think they can play with each other. Um, uh, there's a lot of speculation that they might take Chet because they have a a love of lanky players. And they do. I, I, 
I, I just I don't see it. I, I just I don't I don't I don't see how much of a how much of a fit that is per se. So well let's go to the next pick and that is Joe with OKC. All right, so Oklahoma City Thunder, I think this will probably be how it shakes out on Thursday as well, if uh the magic go with Jabari, but I'm gonna take Chet. Um they've got SGA, they've got Giddy in the backcourt, then they've got Dort and Trey Mann, some good pieces on the perimeter. I think they snatch up Chet for a rim protector. Uh, good drop big with some guard skills. Can do a little bit with the ball. Uh, I think that'll be a good pick. What do you right. think? I, I agree with that. I think that's a pretty obvious pick for them. I, I do agree with you. I like their wing pieces. I like uh, what we saw at uh, Darius Basley this season. I thought he really took it the next step. And I thought Trey Mann was better than I thought he was going to be for sure. I thought he showed a lot of promise. Uh, he could be a guard. Obviously, Giddy and SGA are what they are, very good players. And uh, I think they need some shot blocking. They're very porous on defense this year. So I think Chet is only going to help their defense. But uh, I'm going to continue into the third pick with the Houston Rockets. You know, uh, a team that was very strange to watch last year to say the least you know they kind of had two guys who wanted the ball all the time wanted to score all the time and they also had a piece in Christian Wood who proved that he's a very good player and they've now moved on from him and so uh someone who can kind of fill that role I really think would be Paulo Bencaro and also he's just the best player available on the board right now by far in my opinion uh, if I'm Houston I'm kind of feeling maybe this was the guy I would have picked anyway you know, maybe this is the guy I really wanted anyway because of the variety of skills he brings to the table and because of the way he affects winning. And they just need a player that's going to affect winning in a positive way. They have a lot of skilled guys. They have a lot of guys who could score. They need someone to do a little bit of everything. And I think Paul is going to bring that to the table for Houston. Um, remains to be seen how he's going to fit in with Jalen Green and company, but you have to take Paulo in this position unless someone offers you a treasure chest of goods to move up to number three. So the Houston Rockets going to lock in Paulo Bencaro. All right, before we move on to number four, what would you put the odds at for, for those three to go in that order? It, it seems it seems that that's like pretty much the consensus. But if you were, a, you know, minus 500, minus 450, what would you put the odds at? I wouldn't go near that high. I do think Orlando probably hasn't settled yet on, on who their guy is. And, uh, I mean, in my opinion, they can't really make a wrong pick. I, I feel like he, all three of these guys can really fit into their team. But I think it's Orlando. It's who's up in the air. But if they go Jabari, I fully expect OKC to pick Chad and Houston to go Paulo. I kind of feel like – OKC is a little bit of the X factor. They always play so close to the vest. That giddy pick last year came out of nowhere. Nobody saw that coming. And honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if they took Paolo or Ivy or, I don't know, whoever. But so hard to tell with uh, Presti and OKC. Yeah, Presti is definitely unpredictable. But uh, we'll move on to pick number four with Sacramento and Casey. Well, I'm assuming that I just took over the Sacramento job because – if I had the Sacramento job all along, which I should have, I would not have traded Tyrese Halliburton. I would have probably traded De'Aaron Fox, um, which is what they still should do. Um, and this is from someone who likes De'Aaron Fox. You know, De'Aaron Fox is from New Orleans. He, you know, played against some of my friends in Houston. 
so I, I, I adored Darren Fox, but in terms of trade value, they completely misread that situation, but you still have to take Jaden Ivey here. So I would take Jaden Ivey and I would, I would play that first 40 games with Jaden Ivey, Davian Mitchell and De'Aaron Fox with Sabonis demanding uh, like a 30% usage rating on the sessions. <laughs> and I would try to my, try my hardest to evaluate which one should I trade, and I would be leaning towards my left and trading away the lefty and De'Aaron Fox my whole time. But I would still evaluate it and, and see where the best deal is because they, they got to trade one of these guards. They remind me of the Spurs where they just keep accumulating guards in the draft and they never really make any damn moves with them. I mean, the Spurs traded Derek White for a first rounder and Josh Richardson to probably take another guard. You know, they'll probably take Kennedy Chandler or Ty Ty Washington with that pick now, and they'll just keep doing it again. Um, so I, I, they, they got to strike, strike with the iron's hot. Take Jay Ivey though. Casey, is Jaden Ivey your best player available at this pick for Sacramento? He's not. Um, but I can't put I can't put poor Benny in Sacramento. I can't do it to him. I, I might I might have to. Uh, Benny might have to be stuck in Indianapolis, but I, I think that's better. <laughs> I think that's better than Sacramento. I'm I'm high on Shaden Sharp, but I think this I. The Shaden Sharp to Sacramento thing would be a disaster. I would be all the way off on Shaden Sharp if you went to Sacramento. Kangs. All right, move on to Detroit. And uh, Joe's up to pick for the Detroit Pistons. Well, Detroit sucks. They need all the help they can get. But especially they need a star that they can put next to their former top pick all-rookie franchise cornerstone Marvin Bagley. No, I'm just kidding. Kate Cunningham. <laughs> um, so I think I'm going to take Shane Sharp here for the Pistons. Um, kind of a mystery box player. He totally could flop out, but the Pistons aren't at the stage of their rebuild where they can – where they should pass on an upside swing just for the worry of, like, busting out. I think he is a really versatile shot creator, potential three-level scorer. And, like, if it pans out, the sky's the limit. And him and Kate could dominate for a long time. So I'm going to take Shaden Sharp. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't think Detroit, uh, you know. We'll do it... this, but I, I wouldn't do this. <laughs> I, I agree. I agree. I would, I would also do this move. I do yeah. think you're right. I think they're in a position, if it does bust out, where it's not, you know, they're not anywhere close. So it's not really yeah. going to kill them, I think. And I think they are um, possibly worth the risk to take Shaden Sharp guy who might end up being the best player in this class. What do you think, Joe? Yeah, I mean, of the guy, like, if you if you did, like, a graph, like, likelihood, most who's the best player in the draft, like, five, ten years down the line, he's definitely got a little slice of that pie. You know, like, his, his right tail outcomes are so, so good. But, like, he could totally just, like, suck. And we would – I mean, and no one would be shocked. We have – his tape is all crazy, um, like the EYBL and – uh, the AU stuff, um, just the level of competition isn't really up to snuff. It's few and far between. The the tape is a little all over the place. <laughs> I will say I do. Uh, Mathern has been linked to them a lot at five. I, I was I was gonna. I'm glad you 
I'm glad you meant brought this up because I was going to ask y'all, do you think they kind of go for the middle? Because everyone's yeah. saying they're going to take Keegan Murray, which I think is a very high, high floor, low ceiling kind of pick. But then on the flip side, people are saying, okay, maybe they could go, maybe they take this swing for sharp. Why not split the difference and go with Benny? Yep. I think that's a pretty likely outcome. All right. Well, we're going to move on to pick number six. Uh, I will be picking for the Indiana Pacers. You know, when I look at my team in Indiana right now, my it's, force, my force consists of uh, undersized TJ Warren, O'Shea Brissett, and Jalen Smith. And so I think I'm going to address that need at the four right now next to Miles Turner, and I will be taking Keegan Murray. Uh, the Pacers seem like a perfect fit for him, to be honest, <laughs> from – you know, played college ball in the Midwest. Pacers play it safe a lot of the times. You know, some of their players are guys who high five floors. I think of them drafting Chris Duarte last year, uh, you know, a really experienced player who, you know, knows what to do on the basketball court. I see a lot of those things from Keegan Murray. I do agree with you. I think he has a high floor. And uh, they need to add some a little bit of shooting, I think, to this roster as well. And, man, with these five guys, with, with Brogdon, Halliburton, Heald, Murray and Turner, you can really, really space the floor out, and uh, you can let Halliburton do what he does best, which is drive to the hole, take guys off the dribble and, and ISO. So uh, I'm going to take Keegan Murray, and we're going to space it out and let uh, Tyrese go to work. You're totally right. Keegan is like such a Pacers pick. He's such a Pacer. Like you can I, see it. You can see it. <laughs> I don't know if it's because he played at Iowa and he was already in the yellow. In the gold. But, yeah. yeah. <laughs> This would be very interesting if the draft board broke this way because to me, everyone's kind of assuming that that five and six will be some form of of Murray and Matherin. Yeah, um, and that, especially lately. Like, I feel like the sharp slide is kind of unfolding yeah, a little bit. It, it, seems, it seems like Portland is the team that's going to have the first bite of the apple of, of shade and sharp potentially in most of the consensus mocks. But I would not – I wouldn't rule this out. And to me, if Portland was in this situation, what they should do is take Benny Matherin. But what they would do is probably trade it, but I'm not doing trades. And I'm going to go ahead and take Benny Matherin because I do think he's a good player for, for Dame, honestly. To me, he's someone who could step in right away and play 20 to 25 minutes with Dame and, and get decent production for them and – and actually defend because Anthony Simons is not going to defend anyone. And Dame Lillard's shown that he's not going to defend anyone. Um, so if they, if they go with that backcourt, they, they need to put up about one ninety a game. I agree. Yeah, I, I, I agree. like the fit a lot with him in Portland. I mean, too, I mean, you know, Damien showed what he can do with another dynamic uh, backcourt mate with CJ, you know, maybe they can create some of the same magic with Benny Matherin there in the backcourt. He's ready to step away right away. I agree. Okay, well, let's go live to New Orleans with uh, Joe Cortini's now on the clock. Uh, and you can we, – we can edit this out to get your government name out. We go live to New Orleans. We go live to New Orleans. Joe's on the clock for, for, the, for our pals. Um, for our pals. You're ben, right. if, if, you're, if you're in this right now, you're thinking what as a pal? Falcons fan. 
I don't know. I, I'm thinking there's a lot of different ways we could do this. I, there's a lot of different players we could pick. I, I wouldn't be opposed to trading back for some sort of package where we get multiple picks, but uh, it's not. I would want to trade. It's up to our. It's up to our new GM, yeah. Joe. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so I think I'm gonna pass on the guy that's been most linked to the Pels here. And who's that? Dyson Daniels. It's been him and Benny, I think, like uh, one and one. Oh, I, I think I think Sohan's up there too. I think that's. Oh man, I, that's the pick I'm gonna make. I'm gonna take. Oh Sohan no, here. you would rip my heart out. No. <laughs> I I know you want him for your Spurs, but the Pels really just need a cost-controlled asset that can come in, play some defense, versatile big wing. I mean, I really I love Sohan. I have him like way 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 high on my board. I have him, I think like. Fifth, sixth. So I'm in the same tier as Sharp and Jabari. Wow. I mean, I think he can run the floor. I think he's going to be like an elite defender. I think he would be so, so, so nice next to Herb in the front court, locking down anybody. Wow. Okay. I'm going to pick for the Spurs. You know, long time, long time Spurs fan, long time Duncan fan here. Um, and I've, I've been, I, I've been very intrigued with the way the Spurs have been drafting lately. Everyone, the Spurs still have the international stigma, but if you look up some of the international guys they've drafted in the first round, they stink. Lucas Samanich can't play basketball worth a damn. Livio Jean Charles couldn't play basketball worth a damn. But the American players and the collegiate players that they have been taking have really started to thrive, i.e. Derek White, i.e. Lonnie Walker, i.e. DeJounte Murray, Devin Vassell is going to be a stud. Um, not sold on Josh Primo. Uh, I think Josh Primo should be playing like 15-year-old AQ ball right now, not, <laughs> not in the NBA, but he's still he's still very young and it, a lot's to be seen. The Spurs have been linked, quote-unquote, with Usman Jang. Usman Jang is my favorite player in the, pro- in, in the whole entire draft, and I do believe that if he went to the Spurs, they would – fix his jump shot completely he'd pack on some weight he'd thrive in the g league for a, a, a year like most of their players i another example Keldon johnson he played he played very heavily in the g league got that richard year so if if uzman jang goes to the spurs watch out and that's my pick uzman jang at number nine and i know i'm kind of i'm kind of in the minority i don't have Usman Jang that high. Uh, what do you have, you- Matt, be- before we kick you off the pod? <laughs> because this is an Usman Jang pod. We have met eight. I've got him, like, right at, like, 18. Whoa! Uh, all right, explain yourself. Let's, I mean, let's- I kind of just don't see it, like, um, like all his stuff off the dribbling stuff. He, like, he had a better season in the latter half of the season, but those misses in the first half are rough. That, like, handle isn't awesome. He's so big. Like, he stays upright. And I mean, if, if it really all comes together and his, like his right tail outcomes are great. If it all comes together and his shot creation and his shot works, it's going to be really good. But if it doesn't, I just don't see it. No, I can see that for sure. Going off half a season of a report card is very um, a leap of faith, I would say. But well, look, we're taking Shaden Sharp five, <laughs> and we've and we haven't seen him do anything. So I'm gonna take Usman Jane playing against professionals for half a season, and and <laughs> still talk myself into it. Okay, uh, we're gonna move on to pick number ten. I'm now the GM of the Washington Wizards. 
you know, when I look at my roster, we have a lot of guys who like to shoot the basketball and play zero defense. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to pick the exact opposite of that, and I'm going to take Dyson Daniels because I know he's going to play defense, and I don't think he's going to shoot the ball a ton at the start of his career. You know, we got guys like Bradley Beal, KCP, Kyle Kuzma, and Chris Stops. We need a little bit of defense to fit in here, especially some wing defense. So we're going Dyson Daniels. You know, he's going to plug some holes on the wing defense. He probably going to end up guarding the best player immediately. And uh, he's not going to fill up the – not going to take away any shots from my star, Bradley Beal. You know, we, we don't want him disgruntled. We want to keep him nice, fat, and happy. And so we're going to take Dyson Daniels, pair with him in the backcourt, and uh, provide us some defensive stability. Let me tell you something. If – the Wizards take Dyson Daniels at 10. Bradley Beal's going to go pick him up from the airport in New Zealand, find a way to to drive a boat across the whatever body of water, the Indian Ocean, whatever, get him back into Washington. Bradley Beal's going to love him because he's not going to take a single shot for Bradley Beal, <laughs> and Bradley Beal's going to be chucking Anyways, I'm on the clock with with the Knicks. Um, I I know who I have to take, but I do just want to say, don't rule out Jalen Duran here. I could I could definitely see Jalen Duran going here to to New York, and I'm gonna just lay that out real quick. Number one, who is their center? Mitchell Robinson. Mitchell Robinson. Yeah, and he's about he to come up all the time. One, he gets hurt all the time, and and two, he's about to get paid. Nerlens Noel, same thing, gets hurt all the time, and he's just – we know who he is. I would not be surprised if they took Duran here. Uh, it's it's kind of a big – big it's it's a big need. I definitely believe they're done with the Julius Randle experiment as well. I mean, I think they're kind of like no longer drafting and saying, all right, how does he fit with Julius? Right. So I wouldn't rule out Jalen Duran here, but I, I have to take Johnny Davis. I mean, come on now. Like, this is every year, in, whether it's the NFL draft or the NBA draft, there's one pick in the teens or in the 20s where everyone just comes to the consensus. No, this team's definitely taking this player. Like, we all agree, right? Yeah. And that's this year with Johnny Davis. It, it just seems like everyone, everyone has them taking him. I, I like the fit. He he somehow want to talk about commercial. He he's <laughs> he's already he's already made for the big big bright lights of New York. On to Joe with OKC. I gotta say, Tibbs would love Johnny basketball. He hates playing young players, but Johnny Davis would get some minutes for Tibbs. He's Absolutely. not even young anymore. Yeah, that's true. Um, so. The Thunder got Chet, so they got their center. Uh, let's see. So here might be a bit of a reach, but I'm going to take Malachi Branham. Oh, I love that pick. That's a great pick. OKC should be thrilled with that pick. Yeah, and I think they would be. Get a really versatile shot maker. Would absolutely feast in the mid-range and off of spot-ups coming from Giddy and SGA with Chet spacing out. I think – OKC would be the perfect place for Malachi to really, you know, get to work. I agree. I like that pick a lot. Um, they just need some 3 and D wings, I, I think, to add to um, Baisley and their guards. 
Uh, I think that's a very fun lineup. I think Giddy, SGA, Branham, Basley, and Chet is fun. I'd watch that team. And we go to Michael Jordan right now on the clock at 13. Michael, who are you taking? All right. You know, when I look at my team, I, I like LaMelo. I like the, I like the uh, confidence he plays with, you know. He already, he, he already knows he's the best player on the floor. Miles Bridges just keeps getting better and better. You know, I like Terry Rozier. Terry Rozier is just a bucket getter out there. I'm not convinced about my center position. Uh, I'm not convinced about Mason Plumlee. not convinced P.J. Washington. You know, we traded for Montrez Harrell. He, he played well, but that's not our long-term solution. It's really hard to pass up on Jalen Duran at this point, I think. Uh, considering how well he runs a pick and roll and how well how well LaMelo runs a pick and roll from the guard position. I just think we we, we got to put those two together. We got to get those rolling together and just have them grow in Charlotte. Jalen Duran catching lobs from LaMelo would just be so awesome. His catch <laughs> radius is insane. Yeah, he got to display it a lot because the Memphis guards are very bad at throwing them. True dad. <laughs> I, I think MJ would be over the moon if he got to take Jalen Duran at 13 instead of Mark Williams. I think I think MJ would run down to the, the GM or whatever and say, you got to take him. He's got that dog in him. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Kind of interesting. Uh, like the, the Hornets so obviously need a center, and then they've got these two picks. And between them, Cleveland needs everything but a center. And so maybe it's they true. wait, but – Great pick, nonetheless. Love the fit. Uh, so the Cavs here, they've got Mobley and Garland, really awesome young duo in the NBA. Jared Allen, uh, they ranked 20th in offensive rating, but their defense was good enough to get them in the play-in. So I think they need a little bit of scoring punch. With the 14th pick, I'm going to take Jalen Williams. Wow. And that's not to be confused with the bad Jalen Williams yeah, who plays for Arkansas. Good Williams. He can do more than take a charge. Yes. Yes. That's why we let you on. Uh, I, I love that pick. Yeah. Jalen Williams, he can score. He can dribble. He can pass. He can defend a little bit uh, with – uh, Mobley and Allen behind him, I think his defense, which is honestly probably the biggest knock on him, that and the athleticism uh, won't be an issue. And I really think that he'd be really good next to Garland and Levert in that backcourt. I agree. I, I like, I love Jalen Williams. Uh, I think Casey and I both, when we started looking at this draft, really identified Jalen Williams as someone who was too low. And apparently the rest of the um, draft community caught along because now he's just skyrocketing up boards left and right. <laughs> we, um, we still have him. We have him too low. Yeah, now. now we have him too low after having him way too uh. high. But uh, I, I, I watched a lot of Jalen Williams in Santa Clara this year. Uh, WCC was was a really good conference, and he played very, very well. And uh, they were close to making it in the tournament. They, they had mm -hmm. a pretty good season. Uh, Charlotte's back on the clock. You know, I think I want to address the wing position here. Uh Gordon Hayward just can never stay healthy, I feel like. And then we also have Kelly Oubre, who's just – he's just not the answer there in the wing. So, 
I think we're going to go AJ Griffin here. I, I think I, I like the shooting a lot to pair with uh, Lamelo, and hopefully Lamelo gets him a lot of open shots on the, on these dribble on these uh, dribble drives and these pick and rolls with Duran. Uh, plugging in a shooter next to two ball dominant guards, I like a lot, and uh, I think it'll open up the floor a little bit more for Ball and Rozier to ISO and get to the hole. Uh, I think AJ Griffin at fifteen is is pretty good value and uh, not too high to take a chance on his knees and his health in general. So I'm going to go A.J. Griffin. And those cinder block feet of his. Yeah, not great. But but he doesn't, he doesn't have to move a bunch on offense, you know? He, he just got to stand there and shoot. Just let LaMelo and Terry cook. Uh, the friend of mine that I talked to most draft with has A.J. Griffin, like, fifth. That's disgusting. And... You need to talk – you need to talk new <laughs> – you need to talk stuff with new people. You take your friend to rehab. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I just – find a new friend i'd stop being a friend with someone if he was like yeah i have aj griffin fifth i'm like do you watch his knees i mean so that his shooting season was insane like if you really think he regresses a little bit but you think he gets some of the athleticism back from those lower body body injuries i can kind of see it but that's still way too high i agree it's it's not coming it's not coming back yeah I, i would tend to agree all right, Casey, moving on to you in the Peach City. I'm just I'm just disgusted. Michael Jordan took a Duke player. <laughs> that's that's all I gotta say about that. All right. The Hawks, the Hawks are are itching to trade this pick, but again, like I said, we're we're not we're not doing trades. We don't care about trades. Yeah, everything I've heard is they are begging to move up in this draft. Yeah, the, the Hawks would probably sprint to the podium here and take Mark Williams, in my opinion. So I'm gonna go ahead and, and and do that for them. I'm gonna I'm gonna let them off the hook. I'll take Mark Williams because I it, it fills a need. They're they're basically done with Clint Cabela. Why not just get the, the younger Clint Cabela? I mean, kind of makes sense to me. So Mark Williams. Yeah, if you're moving on from Clint Capella, might as well add a guy who can do a lot of the same things and is much younger. Uh, I agree with that for sure. Back to the Rockets. We took Paulo earlier. We took our dynamic player. We took our guy who can really do everything. Um, now we're kind of looking for a guy who does all the small stuff and, and plays some really, really good defense. Uh, we're looking for some active hands, some some running in transition. And when I say all those things, I think about Tari Eason. Uh, we're gonna inject some more athleticism into this Rockets roster. We're gonna we're gonna play fast through Jalen Green, Tari Eason, run up and down the floor all day with these guys. Um, I think Tari and Paolo would be kind of fun together. I think it'd be a, a weird, weird match that might work. Might just be enough uh, athleticism out there at the same time. And so we're going to take Tari Eason out of LSU. And we're, we're just going to run, baby. We're just going to run up and down the floor. Yeah. It, it, if Tari got to be reunited with his Seattle running mate back when they were going at it in high school, I'd be, I'd be very happy for him. I, I would love, I would love if him, him and Paolo got a matchup. Um, yeah, that, that's that's a damn good pick. That's what I wanted you to take. Have you guys seen uh, some of the stuff about like Tari and like his hand size? So Tari's got the biggest hands in the class. They they don't do uh, they haven't done hand measurements all that often, but it's a lot of these really really big seven footers that can't move, and all the guys that are like his size with his size hands are all these defensive studs like Kawhi and OG. 
And then his steal and block rates were so high. The only players that uh, were that high are uh, Robert Covington and Thibault. So I totally think the defense is going to translate. I think so as well. And he reminds uh, Thibault reminds me a lot of him on defense. I think he can do a lot of the same things. The offense is definitely better too, though. Like Thibel can't dribble oh, or absolutely. take the ball. I mean, Thibel can barely stay on the court in the playoffs just because he had no offensive ability. He's a good free throw shooter too, Tari. So maybe the three comes along. I I think Tari's got a, a, a way better stroke than people want to make it out to be. So yeah, it's a I little would, it's a little funky, but it's it's pretty good. He just he 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 shoots it from his hip. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, Joe, you're on the clock with Chicago. Our friend Alec is is currently on the phone begging to get in, but he can't. Scotty is throwing a tantrum somewhere that the Rockets took Tarius in, but uh, the uh, the Bulls really need some defense. Uh, somebody to play alongside DeMar DeRozan and Vooch. They got to be a good defender. So I think I'm going to take Ochai Agbaji here. He's a little bit of an older oh, player. Oh, Alec would love that. But – they took a gamble on Io last year, and it worked out for him. Everybody was down on him because he was old. Um, so I think they probably just run it back, get a guy that can shoot some threes, play some D, pick up some of the defensive slack. I, I like that a lot. I, I think you're right. I think they loved what they got out of Io this year. They're probably looking for more of the same. There's there's not a lot of holes in uh, Ochai's game. <coughs> Probably doesn't have the, the the best ceiling in the world, but I like that pick. What about you, Casey? I like it, and I know I know our good friend Alec also likes it. Um, but I'm a little surprised you didn't go with one of the guards. Uh, I I do think Ochai is going to be going to be really good, but but there's some there's some good ones on the board right now, and I think this is the area where the ones would start to come off besides Jaden Ivey. I think Chicago is probably just hoping that Lonzo can get back. And then they've got like Lonzo, Caruso, Io. They got to play some defense, man. They got to start playing some defense. Do you guys think they go after Rudy? That's the word. I don't oh. think that would solve their problems. Yeah, probably not. I present them with more problems. It would. It would present them with different problems, but it would present them with more problems. All right. Well, uh, we're going to move on to Minnesota Timberwolves with the 19th pick. Uh, you know, every everything in my organization we've been talking about a lot. We're trying to move on from D'Angelo Russell. The rumblings have gotten out. So we need a, a ball handler to replace him. And uh, we're going to take a shot on Ty Ty Washington, uh, a, a bigger guard who can handle the ball, you know, a very secure ball handler, a very nice passer. And uh, we're going to take a shot on him to kind of replace um, D'Angelo Russell. You know, I think – Ty Ty and Patrick Beverly could play on the court together as well and provide a very good defensive uh, backcourt duo. Not going to take the shots away from our boy, Anthony Edwards. That's our, that's our baby. We're going to let him chuck all he wants. And uh, yeah, we're going to take Ty Ty Washington. That's a great pick, but as a Spurs general manager, I would be fist pumping right now because I would be taking the, the more Spursy, point guard and the Spurs love to take guards who know how to play defense 
and they don't have to teach them how to play defense. And they also love to take the long, lanky guards. And that guy is Blake Wesley from Notre Dame. The the Spurs would love to take Blake Wesley here at 20, I think. Yeah, uh, man, if you if you got Blake Wesley and DeJounte Murray in the backcourt today, that's just that's a lot of length. You really are going to have to take care of the ball. They'll swipe your from you at any moment. They're going to create a lot of havoc defensively. And, and so I really, really like that fit. I mean, throwing Keldon on there with them, those are three guys who are huge wingspans are going to disrupt on defense a lot. Well, luckily, I'm in Denver, so I can make this pick. And I'm I'm currently in the ball arena, also the Pepsi Center, which uh, that's what everyone calls it here, which I love. I love how everyone no, no one's no one calls it ball arena here, guys. It's it's always the Pepsi Center, which I, I really respect. Denver, it's tough to say what Denver needs because their best players weren't really healthy, so you haven't really gotten to see the potential of that. To me, here's a spot where Denver probably goes best player available or takes the swing. I would take the swing, and I think the swing is Gabriel Brasida. I want Gabriel Brasida to be in, in Denver selfishly so I can watch him because this kid is special. I, I'm, I'm going to talk about him later on, probably in, in the, the sleepers pod that Ben and I are going to put out, but – this kid is the real deal. Um, just, uh, I, I love him. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, if Denver can stay healthy throughout a season, I don't think they have a glaring hole to fix, and I think they would love to take a swing at Presida. I'm going to be honest. I am really tapped into the draft. Like, I have my big board with, like, 35 people on it. I have no idea who that is. Can you guys tell me <laughs> about his game? Well, he is a very athletic Italian guard, about six seven, six eight. Uh, can shoot the hell out of the ball. He has an affinity for falling down after he shoots. He needs to clean that up. Um, but but he will pull the trigger. He will make some insane passes, and he's gonna dunk all over you. He's a little all over the place, and then there the, yeah. comes the hesitation. He, he's a little all over the place, but he's a long, long guard. Yeah, it's. Joe, think of like a one being a Mario Hazonia and then 10 being Manu. He's somewhere on that scale. <laughs> like every international prospect. He could easily be combo both guard. of them. Yeah, he could. Yeah, he's going to have days where you're like, this this kid's special. And then he's going to have other days where you're like, Gabriel, he might turn like, over nine you? times. <laughs> yeah, what were you looking he, at? Joe, he's one of those guys that sometimes passes too well. Like he, yeah. he thinks of such a creative pass that even his guy isn't ready for it. And it creates a lot of turnovers sometimes. Yes. Yes. All right. We're going to move on to Grind City with Joe and Memphis. So the Grizzlies have drafted just insanely well over the past five years. And they ended up as the two seed, right? Yeah. Um, Top five in offensive and defensive net rating. They don't really have a lot of holes. The Grizzlies have drafted insanely well over the last five years. Got them all the way up to the two seed last year in the Western Conference top five in offensive and defensive net rating. They've got two picks here in the 20s, probably not picking both of them. But I do think that they need a scoring wing with some upside. So I'm going to take Nikola Jovich here. Yeah, I, th- I think Memphis is not one of those teams that can afford to take a swing, and Jovich is definitely a swing. I mean, 
just an absolutely massive guy. He could shoot the basketball. Big ceiling. I think low, 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 low floor. Low. The is- but but you're right. They played so well this year, top five in, in both offense and defense. They're only going to get better. All their players are young. They can afford to take the swing. And I feel like with Jovic, he really fits the that Grizzlies mold of just guys that can pass, guys that can dribble, guys that can shoot. And I think they'd probably get him some minutes. Like, they really do run the full squad out. So I think Memphis would be a good place for him. Yeah, I was surprised um, that Williams got a lot of uh, minutes for them in the playoffs this year. Yeah, seriously, he started a good bit of games. They, they do really, really like to run out the whole squad, and I think that's good for Jovic. I wouldn't even mind him going to G League a little bit. I just think he needs a lot more basketball under his belt. But, yeah, and he, he needs to get accustomed to American athletes, too, if that clunky-ass jump shot of his. <laughs> well, we're going to move on to number 23. <clears throat> I'm in charge of the Sixers here. Uh, a disappointing playoff exit, I would say. A disappointing performance from the guy we traded a lot for and, and James Harden. You know, we're, we're all in on James Harden. It seems like we're kind of getting cornered into giving him the max right here because if we let him go, uh, what, are, what are we going to do? So, so we're going to keep him. We're going to keep uh, hoping that Maxie and Harden just provide an offensive duo to overwhelm our opponents. And, uh, man, we get, we got to put some defense on the wing, though, and we got to have – if Tybal's not going to be able to get out there offensively, we got to have somebody who can get out there defensively and shoot the ball. And so we're going to go with Justin Lewis. Wow. I don't think anyone has this guy in the first round, but I love it. <laughs> My man's We're gonna trusting go his Justin big Lewis. Huge, huge wing at 6'7", 250, built like a bull. He's going to play defense at the NBA level. I, I have no doubt. And I really like his jump shot a lot. I think he's a very good catch-and-shoot jumper. Uh, I, I like Justin Lewis. They, they, need some, they need some physicality out there on the wing. I, th- I think James Harden and Tyrese Maxey are a lot of finesse. Uh, Danny Green seems like he's on his way out. He's just kind of aging out. And, man, if, if Tybal can't prove he can't shoot the basketball, I, I don't know if there's a place for him on this Philadelphia 76ers team because on offense, they just need someone to stand out there and catch and shoot threes off, off these James Harden and Tyrese Maxey isos. So we're going to go with Justin Lewis. We're going to add some physicality. That's a good pick. Good pick. Uh, the Sixers also have to replace Spurs legend Danny Green. Yeah. Towards ACL. Yeah. He's just getting old anyway. Um, Joe, where do you have Justin Lewis? Uh, I have Justin Lewis like in the thirties. Okay. Okay. Understandable. I just don't really see the offense panning out for him, but he can defend. He can, uh, Ben, why do you have him over a guy like Marjan Beauchamp? Um, there's just a lot more polish to Justin Lewis at this point, I think. Uh, I think he proved a lot playing in a really, really intense Big East this year. Took over his team, was the best player on his team throughout the season, kept getting better. Um, I think the catch and shoot, he's going to be fine. Uh, I'm not sure the ISO game's ever going to be incredible. I, I do think – how do you say it? I say Bouchamp. <laughs> you say Baku? Bouchamp, Bouchamp. Okay. Bouchamp um, – I can see it. He's got all the tools. He's got all the tools. I, I'm just not sure he's polished enough for me to take the chance. Um, 
I'd like to see him if, if he's picked playing the G League a little bit more. I do think he just needs some more basketball under his belt. But, man, he's got all the physical tools. Do you think he's the best defender in the class? Lushamp? No, Lewis. Lewis. Well, whoever. Um, I don't know if he's the best defender in the class, but, man, he's up there. Uh, in terms of just being so strong, you're not going to go through his chest. He moves his feet really well. He's really technically sound. Um, he, he's up there, you know. I, I still like probably Dyson Daniels and Sochan a little bit better defensively, yeah. but – you know, those guys are going to provide some more stuff that Justin Lewis isn't really providing. That's that's why they're going to go so much higher. Yeah, can't get those guys in the 20s. No, you can't. All right, Joe, we're moving on to you in Milwaukee. You already got your franchise player. How are you going to build around them? Yep. Um, Bucks got bounced in the second round in seven games. Middleton went down. A lot of people would say that maybe they win that game with Chris Middleton. Maybe they don't even make it to game seven with Chris Middleton. Um but the Bucks really do just need some depth. They've got some guys that can walk this offseason, and they just need somebody in there that can play right away. And so I think if the board shook out like this, they would absolutely race to the podium to take one of the biggest risers in this pre-draft process, Dalen Terry. All right, good. I'm glad you said him because I was I was going to lose my mind if you were taking anyone else other than Dalen Terry because this is the perfect, oh, yeah. perfect landing spot for him. Yep. Great cutter, plays hard, plays defense, could probably shoot some threes. Yeah. No, I I I thought of taking him at with 21 at, at Denver, but Denver's just got such an influx of guards and young guards that I, I wanted to go up to swing with with Brasita. So, but that's a that's a great pick. Honestly, the biggest reason why I like that pick is putting Dale and Terry under Drew Holiday's tutelage. Exactly. I, I think they show a lot of the same skills. And for Drew Holiday to mentor him into the league, I think is going to do wonders for Dale and Terry. Absolutely. I think Dalen would be a great fit in Denver too, like a big knock on Denver's backcourt. They got Bones. They got Jamal Murray, Monte Morris, uh, Compazzo. Like none of those guys can play any lick of defense. And so Compazzo tries his ass off. <laughs> he gives yeah. a lot of effort. <laughs> He's like um he's like TJ McConnell, you know, he tries yeah, he's, his best. No, he's a yeah, he's a broke boy, Jose Alvarado. <laughs> All right, we go back to me in San Antonio. The Spurs love them some uh some hard working first in, last out, um, coach on the on the court kind of bigs, if you get my drift. And that's why I think they're going to take Walker Kessler. They already have Jakob Pertl. They they had Brian Eubanks, who has no business being in in the NBA. They they just took um, Jock Lindell. Like I mean I mean come on, <laughs> they got their type, man. If you're a long guard who can play some defense, they'll take you. And if you're a tough nose, big. They'll take you as well if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I think it's time to move on, move on from Yaka Pertle. Yeah, yeah, and, and and Walker Kessler is the perfect guy to to do it. What, what beef do y'all have with Yaka? He's a great defender last year. He, I, my problem, I, I don't like bigs who just tip who tip out the ball all the time. It's like. You're not really doing anything. Like you're starting, you're starting fast breaks more often than not. 
And that's my problem with him. I think he tips the ball out way too much and starts some fast breaks. We got some guys sliding here. We do. We do. So who who's Ben going to take with Houston? You know, we're back in Houston. We added Tari Houston last pick to provide some more athleticism. Um, you know, we're going to kind of go away from that. We're going to get a guy who's just solid, who's going to – I know what I'm going to get out of him. And uh, that's going to be defense. It's going to be hard-nosed play. And I, I think he really proved himself as a shooter this year. Uh, we're going to go with EJ Liddell. I think we're going to put – we're just going to put all our hands in this 3-4 uh, basket, and we're going to find the guys who work, whether it be Tari, whether it be Liddell, to pair with Paulo. Uh, we're going to get better on the wings. I think Houston really struggled on the wings. I mean, they had Garrison Matthews and just Sean Tate and those kind of guys starting most of the year out on the wings. So KJ gonna, Martin. Yeah, yeah. We're just going to strengthen our wings. We're going to throw a lot of darts at the board and see what sticks. Uh, we just know what we're going to get with EJ Liddell. He's going to play hard defense. He's going to fight for rebounds. Kind of an undersized big man type, but I like the way he shot the ball this year. I think he's just going to keep improving, and we're going to take the uh, the forward out of Ohio State. All these forwards better not take some minutes from my boy Usman Garuba. <laughs> Got to get some Garuba minutes next year. I, I, I can only hope we get some Garuba minutes. I'm on the clock here, and I have the Miami Heat at 27. Miami loves their athletic bigs, and that's why I'm going to take Christian Coloco. I like that pick a lot. It's a very, it's a very Miami pick. He gives me some precious Achua vibes. Give me Christian Coloco. <laughs> I like that a lot. Um, I mean, him, him learning under Bam Adebayo is what Christian Coloco should thrive to be. I think because he does show a little bit of all those skills that Bam shows in terms of his playmaking a little bit and uh, rebounding ability. So, so I like that a lot for Coloco. All right, we're going to move on to the champions, the Golden State Warriors. Uh, we're drafting here at 28. You know, our, our first order of business this offseason is, is bringing back Gary Payton and Kavon Looney. And then hopefully, I think we're probably going to ride out Andrew Wiggins for this year and see if it keeps up. And then we're going to re-sign him. But, but we're looking to re-sign him in the future. So, you know, maybe we have to let Gary Payton go. Maybe we have to let Kevon Looney go. So, in, in kind of the Gary Payton kind of mold of, of a smaller guy who's going to provide a little bit of offense, we're going to go with Kenny Chandler. Uh, we're going to get another guy to add to the, the splashback court. We're going to get a guy who can provide some shooting, who could be a pest defensively, and uh, a guy who I know every single time he walks on the floor, he's going to get maximum effort. Um, he's not going to turn over the ball. He's going to be a sure ball handler. He's going to be able to pass it to our shooters coming off screens and such. And uh, Kenny Chandler, you know, a smaller player, he's going to get overlooked just because of his height. But I, I think the guy can really play ball. And I know how much Casey loves him too. Yeah, if, if Kennedy Chandler goes to Golden State, uh, he's going to have a very, very, very good career. Uh, I would love if he landed there because I think he could get some serious minutes. And people are going to be surprised of what he can do. All right, back to Memphis and Joe's on the clock. 
So a couple picks ago, they grabbed Jovich, took a little bit of a swing. Here I think they probably go for maybe a safer pick, somebody that could probably play a little bit sooner. Uh, I'm going to take Jake LaRavia out of Wake Forest. Another pass, dribble, shoot player, big wing. Might not be the defensive stopper that's going to be matched up against LeBron James and Jason Tatum. Probably not. He's going to fit the <laughs> defensive scheme. He's going to shoot some corner threes. He's going to pass the ball. I think he'd be a great fit in Memphis. I like that a lot. I mean, a team that you never can have enough shooting on the floor, especially paired with Ja, who's going to break down defenders and going to get Definitely. shooters open. And I feel like he he's probably up there, probably him, Paolo, just as far as guys, elite feel, just good connecting passers, you know, catching off a drive, kick out, and just sending it to the right guy. Yeah, he always plays with a sense out. of he always plays with a sense of calmness. He always stays at his own pace. Um, some people don't like that on tape. Some people perceive that as being slow or being slow to react to something. Uh, I think. Uh, that's kind of one of the things that knocked Jalen Williams, the good Jalen Williams, to start this kind of draft cycle was he does play at his own pace. But uh, I think as Casey and I talked about, some of these guys had so much weight on their back that they couldn't go full out for 38 minutes a game. I mean, we talked about Johnny Davis doing the same thing. He played kind of slow at Wisconsin. But, man, he's taking 20, 25 shots and defending the best player. I mean, you just can't expect him to go all out. And there was a lot of – Offensive weight on LaRavia and Alondis Williams for Wake Forest as well. I'm the GM of Denver. And I don't know if Denver is going to do this. I think I think maybe they do. But if I'm the GM of Denver and I want to take a fan favorite and I want to take a local kid and I want to take someone who's going to, is going to just have to move an hour and a half down the road, this team needs a little tough. This team needs a little muck. Give me David Big body Roddy. This kid would be the best fit for Denver. Like, no, I'm not being biased. Like, this is the perfect spot for this kid because he can he can be a set shooter and he's got a stroke on him. Like, he didn't take a lot of threes because he was basically their center at six foot five. Center and yeah, point guard. Yeah, he was a center point guard wing. He sold he sold concessions. He was doing the 50-50 raffle. He was drawing up plays. He did everything for them. And he is a tough, you know what? Uh, I, I love this kid. He's he's awesome. Give me him to Denver. I'd I would love to go see David Roddy again. Casey, uh, what position do you think David Roddy plays in the NBA? Like who does he guard? He plays basketball player, dude. <laughs> um, yeah, who does he guard? He guards he guards the, the corner three. Whoever <laughs> whoever's that guy. He whoever, guards the guy on the other team that just stands there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He guards he guards guys like that. Um and you know. It's it's gonna be a work in progress defensively. I'm not gonna lie, but if you ever need someone to guard a seven footer with a lot of enthusiasm, he's gonna do it. He's gonna give it his all. Yeah, yeah. I feel like in the in the 22, 2022 NBA, Roddy probably like 
guarding a seven footer wouldn't go that well, but these like small ball fives, like you could push around Grant Williams for oh, yeah. for 10 oh, yeah. minutes. Yeah. Like, like, like Wendell, like Wendell Carter. I, I don't mm-hmm. think like, I don't think him against Wendell Carter is going to be that much of a bad matchup. He could guard Al Horford. They I'm probably gonna... weigh the same. They yeah, probably, probably do. do. Uh, I'm Joe, interested to see. Sorry, yeah. go ahead. Joe, who's the one player that we did not pick in this first round who you're surprised it didn't go? Oh, it's got to be Hardy. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, that would, that would be pretty insane. If, if Hardy, Hardy slide. I agree, but uh, I think the, the prospects have been souring on Hardy as, as this draft process has gone along. Uh, Probably pers- him and then, like, Bryce McGowan's maybe, but – Hardy played in the Ignite. He was like the number one prospect on the Ignite at the beginning of the season. Yeah, and his stock kind of just got worse and worse as his shooting percentages got worse and worse. But well, he just it, he didn't play a real role. Like you can't you can't go your pre like your pre draft basketball whatever it is whether it's college it's Europe it's the G League you can't go somewhere where you don't have an actual role that exists. Like even with someone like Johnny Davis, Johnny Davis's offensive role doesn't really exist, but we know he can defend. We know he can do the little things on a basketball court, right? We don't know anything about what Jaden Hardy can do if he's not jacking up 20 something shots a game. You know, I think of like someone like Swaggy Pool. Think about how much Swaggy Pool benefited from college because if Swaggy Pool would have had the opportunity that Jalen Hardy had, that Jaden Hardy had, I think he probably does that. Like he just jacks up threes, isn't in the offense at all. But because he went to college, he had that opportunity to to be part of a a, a collective team and not a group of minor leaguers who are essentially just trying to get the call up, right? Yep. Where everyone's looking out for themselves. So I, I think I think he made a, a pretty poor calculation of adjustment. Yeah, but someone like Dyson Daniels really took that opportunity by the by the horns and Jaden Hardy kind of viewed it as more of a showcase for himself instead of working on his basketball game. And and I think that's, that's what, and that's, that's why, that's why Jaden Hardy, that's why Dyson Daniels is going to go type 10 because you saw him and he could do everything besides score the ball. And you say, okay, well, if, if he, if he can do exactly. And, and with Jaden Hardy, what's the role you're in the G league you're uh when when the third string comes in you get the green light you know um I mean that that, that's kind of it's it's a little Cam Thomas-esque but like Cam Thomas had the better percentages and at least he played on an alleged team um (laughs) you know so I, I just some of these guys who were a, only a pure scorer, I would be a little cautious about the G League unless you're a great athlete like a, like a Jalen Green. I think Jalen Green, his, his athleticism is, is what took over the percentages, whereas Jaden Hard doesn't have the lead athleticism. And now all you look at him is, is a percentage. If the draft shook out like this, I just checked. The two guys that would be left in the green room, Shaking hands with Mark Tatum would be Marjan Bochamp and Jaden Hardy. Tough. <laughs> I mean, as, as a college basketball podcast, uh, I'm, not, I'm, not gonna, I'm not going to pretend. <laughs> I'm not going to pretend we don't like to see that. <laughs> All right, Joe, uh, any last thoughts on the mock draft? No. 
fun, guys. Hope I didn't mess up too much. All right, thank All you right. so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you for joining us. And see you.